Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are four drivers gone, down to 12 in the NASCAR Cup playoffs. Only a few games left, checking in on the MLB playoff race. The Kansas City Chiefs get a deal done for their big defensive lineman. A 60-yard field goal to win the game, recapping Week 3's biggest games. Conference play gets underway, predicting who will win Week 4's major games in the college football realm. With that, I'll give you our Chief Fire Fire Brigade, Rob Cal. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on Thursday night in lovely Delaware, Ohio. The Delaware County Fair is going on. Had a big, the big uh, harness racing uh, this today, the Brown Jug. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard the outcome yet, but $150,000 purse for the Brown Jug. 850000 850000 yeah. So, uh all right, well, let's get in. Like Colton said, let's get into some some other racing, uh, some other guys that go fast and turn left. Um, the NASCAR, like Colton said, we're down to 12. Um, Michael McDowell, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Joey Logano, and Kevin Harvick getting the latest ones to be eliminated, um, you know, after the uh, three races in this first leg of the playoffs. Um, you know, they raced at uh, – at Darlington, Kansas, and Bristol in, in this leg. And, you know, we're down to, like I said, 12 guys. Two of these guys in this 12 are still guys that have not won a race all year. Mm. Um, Brad Kozlowski and uh, Bubba Wallace mm-hmm. uh, sitting at 10 and 12, respectively. Everybody else in this top 12 has at least won one race. And there's some guys that are hot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Tyler Reddick. Won at Kansas and came in second at Darlington in these, you know, in this playoff so far. Uh, Kyle Larson ran real good at, at, at Kansas and Bristol. And then uh, Chris Boucher, who uh, won three of the last five races in the regular season. I mean, this is a time, you know, like anybody else, like any other sports team, if you're going to be hot, now's the time. Now's the time to be hot, and those are kind of three drivers that I'm keeping an eye on right now. Uh, well, I'd say it stinks for two of them in Larson and Reddick, where they're not in the chase per se. They they can't win the whole thing. So, I mean, they're just they're kind of going to throw some damage to the rest of these guys. But yeah, I mean, that, and that's kind of what made this whole field not change much between the 16 to the 12, mm-hmm. because none none of these guys stepped to the front to, to take a win. Those, uh, Denny Hamlin was the only one who got, who got a win in the first three races mm. of the of the sixteen. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, that that definitely hurt their hurt a lot of people's chances, but kept the field pretty much the same as it was when we came into this thing at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, gonna be gonna be interesting. Obviously, the first race of the of the twelve gets uh, gets things kicked off. Uh, you know, we're we're headed over to uh, Texas Motor Speedway mm-hmm. this this weekend. Uh, to, get things get things rolling and then uh the other races in in this group of 12 then is uh talladega and then they head over the elimination race is charlotte so uh bigger tracks and i gotta retract my notes were wrong i guess larson Larson and reddick are both in it yeah yeah, my fault my fault you're good they're both in it yeah yeah Uh, Yeah, big tracks you know we're kind of a change where uh you know bristol and darlington are one mile or less right you know now we're mile and a half at Fort Worth at Fort Worth, you know, Fort Worth, Texas. And Talladega is obviously the biggest one on right. the circuit at, at two at two thirds and then back to Charlotte for another mile and a half. Track. Right. Which so, that's gonna be interesting because the Charlotte Charlotte race is a road a road course too. Oh, so that's right. It, yeah, that's right. So that is a road, co- it, road track. It's yeah. uh gonna be gonna be interesting obviously throwing that in the mix, you know, as a part of the playoffs. I think it's you know, I think it's good. It, it yeah. changes things yeah. up, oh, you yeah. know, doesn't you know, just give them straight oval tracks in the in the playoffs. Yeah. So so um, now, how does the how does the scoring work here? Because that's where I got myself confused. Yeah. I, I was looking towards the top for mm-hmm. Larson and Reddick since they had a win, thinking they'd be there at the top, but they're actually yeah. in the middle they, of that they field. All, the way I read is they all go to two thousand mm-hmm. points, mm-hmm. and then they get extra points added on to like finish. You know where right. they finished and laps led and all that stuff. I right. think is. Right. I guess I thought they would have both been higher with having that win. Right. Than so they like are after uh, after each round or you know the round like when we move from a round of sixteen to round of twelve, pretty much the players points are all reset. reset. Um, so, you know, they started this group of 16, everybody started with 2000 points. And then depending on how you, how you do, and mm-hmm. it's not just about winning races. It's also, you know, leading laps mm-hmm. and, you know, right. where, you know, certain things like that. So, 
you know, even, yeah, even, you know, Kyle Larson and, you know, Tyler Reddick winning races, it, you would think that would count for more, you know, more points, if you will. But, it, but, it, but of course, if you win, number eight, right. but I think if you win, it automatically gets right. you. Right, yeah, you move on. Round. Yeah, that's so, that's the bonus is so, that you win yeah. a race, you automatically qualify for so the Tyler next. Tyler Reddick's, you know, audit, you know now, now it starts all over again. Right, right. right. You yeah, know, with, yeah. the, with this next round. but uh, Right. So then these got, guys like Brad Kozowski and Daryl Wallace Jr., Bubba Wallace, they're going to have to really step up here because they're having no wins and they're down – down to that group of 12 right, or they're right. 10, 10 and 12 respectively mm-hmm. right yeah they're, they're gonna have to do something special if they, they want to be able to move on right here. yeah yeah if it were to end today which obviously not going to happen since we haven't even had our first group of 12 race or whatever it would be you know ross chastain brad keselowski ryan blaney and bubba wallace would be the four guys eliminated out of this right, group of 12 right. but um you know obviously yeah no racing has been done yet in the group of 12 so uh you know Still a lot of lot, you know, three races to go. Anything can happen. You know, for me, I, I'm pretty happy to see, you know, Bubba Wallace is a guy that sure. snuck into the playoffs, yeah. was the last spot in the playoffs, and then, you know, was able to do well enough in the, the group of 16 there to, uh, you know, continue to move on. Um, obviously, yeah, he's got his work cut out for him here in the, in the group of 12. But, yeah, this is obviously his best starter, his, you know, kind of best season he's had since making the switch over to the, you know, the Michael Jordan racing team. So, you know, good, good for him. Uh, you'll, we'll see if he can continue, you know, continue the momentum here, but it only gets, you know, only gets tougher as mm-hmm. you know, you start eliminating more, more and more drivers. But again, I think it couldn't have played out any better, you know, for um, NASCAR in the sense that, you know, the three playoff races, each were won by three guys right. that are in the playoff chase, if yeah, you will. So, so, you know, that's that's what you want to see is, you know, guys that obviously are uh, fighting it out, fighting it out to win the whole yeah. match, you know, win the championship or the three guys that, you know, win the win the races. So that's uh, definitely for, for the viewers, for yeah. NASCAR, it's a, it's a good thing to yeah. see. So. Part of me wonders if it'd be more exciting if they just put those 16 guys on the track and, mm-hmm. and don't have all the, right. the stuff that could be kind of the, the lapped right. junk out there. Yeah. I see what you're saying, right. but part of that strategy too, right. you know, right. knowing when to pit, you know, how right. you're going right. to come out behind the, I think you would probably get to see maybe more racing because right. obviously there's less guys on the track, less opportunity for, but less accidents. strategy where the team, the actual teams get involved as right. far as, you know, pit crew make it or your pit chief making, uh, you know, uh, executive decisions on when to come in and what right. tire four tires two tires right, right. i think it know. would just get it would get tough when you like maybe like six four guys yeah, when you get down to just, eight or something like yeah. that it's i mean yeah it's kind of i mean it, the, it would be pretty pointless to yeah, watch well, that, guys, and you then know. you can't have like you talked about last week matt or uh, uh three weeks ago yeah. about the teamwork thing where right. you got you got other teammates right. out there from your same. They may team. not be in the playoffs. They might not right. be in the playoffs, right. but so they might. Help you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of like still having right. the full yeah. field out there. Right. So. Yeah. I, I think you're. You know, it would be on to something in the sense that I think you would get to see more laps raced, right. if you will. You yeah. know, less opportunities. So just the best of the best going right. at it, head right. to head, right. door but to door, per se. It you would know. take away from maybe some of the yeah, some of the strategy that's involved right. uh, that that goes with that. You know, what whether it's teammates or you know pit crews or you know whatever. I think would take away from that. So, you know, it, it yeah, it, I think the maybe the pros outweigh the cons right, in, that, in right. that sense. And again, I think it would, it would be, I don't know, it'd be tough to watch when you're down to eight guys and they're racing on a mile and a half track. It's yeah, like there'd be a lot the of distance between, between, you know, pretty, I think it'd be a pretty boring race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but we'll see, obviously, yeah, the next, you know, three weeks, we'll see, you know, who's moving on to, you know, the group cut, cut four more drivers yeah. and, down to down to eight and uh you know one step one step closer to somebody hoisting that you know championship trophy so we'll see there's a lot of still a lot of good you know good racers a lot of guy you know mix of veterans and you know young guys still still some seniors in there you know martin truex been around a while denny hamlin kyle bush obviously you know veteran out there veteran out there yeah ryan blaney so yeah there's still some seasoned veterans out there that got a shot at this thing but yeah Gonna have to pick up the pace. Mm-hmm. All right, on to some baseball news. Yeah, we're getting down to the end of the season. Two weeks left, about nine or ten games for for most teams. Um, you know, and, and some of these races are tight, tight. Some not so much. <laughs> right, right. Uh, starting the American League East. Uh, you know, the Orioles sitting on top at ninety five and fifty seven. Great season for you know a team that's struggled recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Tampa Bay in second, just a uh, two games behind them at 93 and 60. So, yeah. 
you know, and, and, and you know, and both of them have actually clinched already a clinched a spot. Clinched so they're spot. really just, just fighting it out. Who's going to be the division, division. leader? Yep. Who's going to be the wild card? And team? really not just the division leader, but also the number one seed in the yeah, American yeah, yeah. league. So, yeah, you know, a lot of stuff is still on the, on yeah, the table. The American league. Yeah. I mean, overall is really, these teams are really bunched up, mm-hmm. um, you know, other than the, you know, American league central, the twins with the worst, um, record of any of these teams, but they still have a nine and a half game lead over my or nine game lead over my Indians. So mm-hmm. at eighty one and seventy two. So I think one more win by the Twins eliminates everybody else from the Central. Right yeah, now, yeah, having yeah, a shot. Yeah, yeah the, the right. Tiger, the in, or Guardians are out nine games, and the Detroit's out nine and a half. So yeah, one win from the Twins, and I think those other two teams are and they're not then they're not getting a wild card. Nah, they're gonna they're happen. Yeah, way out of so yeah. and then you know you move to the West. Wow. What a what a mess! <laughs> it is in the wild wild west. Yeah. yeah, the Astros sitting at you know um, eighty five and sixty eight, and then two teams a half a game behind them, the Rangers and Seattle at eighty four and sixty eight. Right. So you know, and obviously, you're going to have a division winner out of one of those three. But it's it's interesting because, like you said, there's only about ten games left mm-hmm. for you know each team. Seattle. Their ten games, almost their ten games that they play, are against the Astros and the 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 Rangers. Nice. So I mean, they they have an opportunity. They're playing it out. Yeah, they really have an opportunity to control their own destiny. They could be the division winner, or they could really hurt themselves here because they're also, you know, not only are they fighting for a spot to possibly win the division, but but keep themselves, you know, in the in the wild team. That a team they might be playing a team they're going to turn right around and see in a in a wild card game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. So. Uh, you know, in Seattle right now, their their pitching staff has the best ERA in mm-hmm. baseball right They've, now. They're they're a hot team. They right are now. they're again. You know, we talked about getting hot at the right time, mm-hmm. and Seattle has done that. Yep. Yeah. Um, they came from from way back. Yeah. Earlier yep. in the season. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I mean, I, I guess you they've know, slowed this, down a bit in their last ten. They're only five and five in their mm-hmm. last ten, but nobody really is pulling away. No, there's nobody. Nobody's seems like putting they together want. a winning streak. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. No. Yeah, love to see coming into the playoffs, at least out of this American League. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you move over to the National League, and, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously the Braves sitting on top. Mm -hmm. Probably going to be our only 100-game winner, you know, in the the majors this year. Mm -hmm. They're sitting at 97 and 55. um, Probably got, you know, the number one seed wrapped up for all intents and purposes in the National League. But, you know, a lot of other teams fighting for their playoff lives Mm -hmm. out there, too. you know, you got the Central, the Brew Crews at 87 and 66, and the Dodgers still playing well out west at 93 and 58. You still got the Phillies and the D-backs in the mix, and even the Cubbies, yeah. uh, you know, they got a shot, yeah. uh, you know. The yeah, Red, they're not doing themselves any favors, though. Their the last 10, Reds they're 3 and there. 7, and just they're not playing well. But, right. you know, you, you look at these teams in the hunt for the wild card here in the NL, because the, the Braves have already clinched their spot. Milwaukee's essentially clinched the Central. Right, I mean, right. they just need a couple more wins. Right. The Dodgers have clinched their spot out West. So, you know, you got probably about five teams fighting for these last three. You got the Phillies at 83 and 69. You got the Miami Marlins at 79 and 74. You got the Cubs and Reds both at uh, Cubs at 79 and 73. Reds at 79 and 75. You got the Diamondbacks. And then the Diamondbacks there as well at yeah, uh, 81 and 72. Right. Mm-hmm. Giants and Padres outside shot but it's yeah. it's getting Long further and shot. further away yeah. from them right so you, you know but but i'm looking at a run differential for all these teams that are kind of in it and and the cubs have have the best of that grouping they're plus 93 on the season and run differential yeah uh, the reds on the other hand are negative 47 <laughs> that tells you they make the playoffs I'm, I'm not expecting a big run out of them mm-hmm. so you know i I don't. I don't know. The, the Cubs need to get it together because they got cold at a very right. bad time. Right. Yeah. But tough, tough thing for them. But, but if they get in, they have like the fifth best run differential in baseball. Right. Like they, right. they could make some noise if, right. if they actually make it into this. Thing. Yeah. Tough thing for them is that yeah, like I said, about ten games left for each. You know, each team. Six of those games for for them come against teams with a five hundred or better yeah. record. Wow. That's where Cincinnati probably has the best chance to get in because right. their their remaining schedule they have zero games nothing. against teams yeah. above five hundred. Yeah. Uh, where the you know the Cubs with those six games they played the Braves in a three game series. Yeah. Obviously, the Braves still you know have something to play for because the Dodgers are you know kind of nipping on their heels as far as you best know taking record. over yeah. best record in the NL. Um, so they you know still have to keep keep going there. Right. 
Then you got the Cubs that also have to play the Brewers who are, you know, still trying to win the division and, and right. things like that. So, you know, it's going to be going to be tough for they're tough for this Chicago Cubs team. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the Reds do have the opportunity. But, you know, sometimes it seems like the Reds play down to their their competition. Right. So even though they have a favorable schedule, they, they don't always take it, take advantage of it. So it seems um, to me Marlins may have the best shot to get right. that third and final wild card spot right, out right. there. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, yeah, the Phillies are not, I wouldn't say a lock, but they are a little bit further ahead of all the all the teams, you know, right. almost like four or five games up on, you know, for a wild know, card spot. spot. The Diamondbacks, uh, you know, sitting about a game and a half above, uh, you know, the Cubs and kind of everybody else mm-hmm. behind them or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they – Got a little bit of a cushion, but you know, not much. Um, but yeah, definitely will be will be interesting. You know, going back to the to the AL, mm-hmm. looking at the wild card for for that. Obviously, Tampa Bay's locked up a spot. It's yeah. whether you know it's either the Orioles in this top AL right. spot, you know, mm-hmm. from the wild card spot, or it's going to be Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. But then you got a third team from the AL East. You know, the Toronto Blue Jays uh, sitting at the the second spot in the AL, yeah. and then. Then you got the cluster after that of the Texas Rangers, Seattle Mariners, possibly the Houston, Houston Astros, Astros, depending yeah. on you know how things all within a half a game in right, that West. Right, yeah. uh, you yeah, know. So I, I feel like in the AL, a really good team's going to miss out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The NL, I, yeah. I think you got a bunch of fringe teams, and right. if they miss out, they probably deserve to miss out. Right, right. Um, so yeah, it's going to be you know going to be interesting. Uh, you know that AL West, you know, it's going to be. Gonna be yeah, definitely. It's going down to the last game because I mean, even like if it. you look at the the Mariners, like I said, the ten games that they have, you know, they play the Rangers and the Astros, but the Rangers turn around, they have seven games against the teams that are above five hundred. Those seven games against the Seattle Mariners, All right? The Astros, they got six games against teams above five hundred. That includes the Mariners and the Diamondbacks. So two, you know, those three teams: the Astros, Rangers, and Mariners all get a chance to somewhat play each other. Right. So it, it it's going to be, yeah, you yeah. know, whoever wins those series or comes out on, you know, out of that gonna be gauntlet time. is going to yeah. be, yeah. you know, definitely coming into the playoffs on the right side, you know, having, having some momentum coming into the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, going to be, you know, mighty, mighty interesting. But, uh, you know, so if the playoffs were to start today, you know, from the AL side, mm-hmm. you got the number one seeded Baltimore Orioles who would have a first round buy. Right, right. Number two seeded Houston Astros would would also have a first round buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have the th- three seeded Minnesota Twins uh, taking on a number six seed Texas Rangers or possibly the Seattle Mariners who at this moment have a better record. Yeah, than the three twins. or four get three yeah. and a half games better. Than uh, the twins. But if the twins were to match up against the Rangers, the twins did win the regular season series five to two, uh, wow. you know, when they matched up, uh, then you would have an interesting AL East battle. The number four seeded Tampa Bay Rays would be taking on the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay has won that regular season matchup four to three, but they also have, uh, I think, another three or six game series to close out the season. So that could, could yeah. swing or, you know, whatever, depending on what happens the regular season. So that's tight. great that they got, you know, these teams that are still fighting mm-hmm. that all get to play each other. Right. Longer, right. It'll make it interesting. Right. And then over in the NL, you got the number one seeded, obviously the Atlanta Braves um, would have a first round by Los Angeles Dodgers would also mm-hmm. be the two seed, have a first round by, then you would have, at the moment, an NL Central battle between the number three-seeded Milwaukee Brewers and the number six-seeded Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, coincidentally enough, those two teams tied 5-5 five to five in the huh, regular yeah. season. Um, but they do have another series left in the regular season, so that could you know swing, swing one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got the Philadelphia Phillies in the four spot, taking on the five-seeded uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. The Phillies took that series, season series four to three, so you know, some, some tight up. battles yeah. even in the in the regular season between these you know teams that could see each other again in the playoffs. Um, but you know, obviously, yeah, still still handful of games that could you know change these seedings and change you know the playoff race uh, that you know could swing you know swing matchups and things like that in the, in the first round. But uh, definitely going to be some interesting baseball over the next you know kind of week and a half here and. Um, then we'll be, yeah, talking, talking playoffs. Right. So, well, you still, uh, still sticking with your favorites that we've talked about here in the last, I mean, obviously, you know, the Braves got to be on top of everybody's list, right? They, 
they got seven guys with over 20 home runs. Mm-hmm. They can hit the and ball. five guys with over 30 home runs. Right. I mean, they, it's just, they, they can put up runs oh in, in a hurry. Oh, my goodness. And now, their ERA is uh, only 13th best in the majors mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. at 14 or 4.09. So, right. you know, and pitching, you know, be, I think becomes even good pitching becomes even more magnified, I think, in the playoffs. Right, but, right. Um, the way they hit the ball, man, mm-hmm. they just yeah. – there's no soft spot in that lineup. Right. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously the Braves somewhat – the favorite in the NL, but you know, you never can count it. The Dodgers seem like if there's a team that's been under the radar, I don't know how you can be under the radar, you know, being the Dodgers who seem like they, you know, buy a new team every year, but it it seems like nobody has really been talking about this Dodgers team. And, you know, here they are handful of games left and they had the opportunity to be, you know, the best team in baseball again. Uh, You know, obviously the, uh, you know, last year's, you know, winner of the Astros, got off to a real rocky start to start the season, you know, didn't look like they were even going to make the playoffs. And here we are, you know, they're, they're coming on strong again here towards the playoff playoff time over in the, over in the AL, you know, for me, from an AL perspective, I, I would like to see the Orioles, you know, do something. I was small, it, it, it's, it's so hard to trust them. Right. Though, right. right. I mean, yeah, they, you, they've been there and right. flopped so many right. times. And, yeah. and, and you know, no, probably not very many guys on that team with oh, playoff yeah, experience right. at all. Yeah, right. Right. It has been a drought for them, but mm-hmm. yeah. 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 If I'm pulling for a team in the AL, you know, I, at, I would agree at the same time, you know, if nothing else, I want to see the twins win their first, even if they lose in the get second out the round, round, get out of the first round. Because if I, if I remember correctly, they haven't won like a first round playoff series in like 10 or 15 years. So no, and they, team that they're always there, right? They make never, it. They just can't do anything when they noise, get there. Yeah. And they, and they've had some good, some good teams, but right. yeah, it seems like every time they get to the playoffs, they, they find a way to choke it. So yeah, I'm kind of pulling for them to at least make it out of this first round, but right. they're going to have a, a, a tough matchup yeah. no matter who they go yes. against, yes, because it's going to be one of those three teams yeah. from the AL West. So. And I think whoever comes out of the West, it's, it's probably the, the favorite mm-hmm. to get to the world series yeah. out of the American. Yeah. League. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so competitive. Right. You know, right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with Colton. I would like to see the Orioles come out, but they, yeah, they got a tough road ahead of, mm-hmm. I, I still like Tampa Bay coming out of the, coming out of the, American League and uh, going up against the Braves in the World Series. Yeah, I think I think the National League's a little bit top heavy in the sense that yeah, you could probably make a safe bet that's going to be the Braves or the or the Dodgers right. representing the NL. But the AL, I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty pretty wide open. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's a lot of lot of good teams over in the AL. So Agreed. Agreed. we will see. <clears throat> All right, on to some a little bit of football news, professional football news. Uh, Defensive end from Kansas City, Chris Jones, signed a, a one-year deal. Uh, you know, he was drafted in the second round by Kansas City in 2016 out of Mississippi State. Uh, 6'6", 310-pound defensive end. And the guy's, the guy's been solid since he's been in the league, averaging over nine sacks a year for his whole career. And are you a little surprised it was only a one-year deal? Well, I think it had to be at this point because of, uh, you know, where – where they were as far as, you know, this late in the season, I think, you know, was kind of where, where, I mean, I am surprised that they weren't able to get a deal done earlier for this. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. this guy was obviously a holdout for them, um, you know, and and missed the first game. Right. Obviously the chiefs took a loss in their first game. Would he have been a difference maker? I mean, I guess hindsight's 2020 at this point, nobody, nobody knows for sure, but definitely a a star along that, you know, defensive Mm -hmm. front for, for Kansas city, obviously a big, Big disruptor, a guy that's had, you know, in his eight seasons with the Chief has had, you know, almost 70 sacks, which is pretty good for, you know, a, a, an interior defensive lineman. Right. I mean, you're you're not always, as an interior defensive lineman, you're not always known as getting sacks. You're more of a kind of a, a run stuffer or a guy that, you know, really goes in there to plug up, plug up the middle and whatnot. But it's a guy that, you know, it has the opportunity even in the passing game to be a, a real disruption and get in there and, you know, cause havoc and get some, get some sacks. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, for them, it, they they were happy to, you know, get him back. You know, first game was was Sunday. Right. Had you know not a not great right. numbers, but yeah. you know, yeah. was, yeah. was an impact. The only thing I hate about the one year deal is they're they're right back at square square right. one again right. next right. year. We'll talking yeah. about this, yeah, you know, yeah. he, he got nineteen and a half million, eighteen and a half of his guarantee. So all right. but a million bucks is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, so I guess and he's got. About six million dollars in incentives bill in this thing too. He right. he gets a million dollars if he plays thirty five percent of the snaps. He gets another million if he plays fifty percent of the snaps. He gets one point two five million if he gets ten sacks. He gets an extra five hundred k if that ten increases to fifteen. 
he gets a million if he's a first team all pro and he gets mm-hmm. two million if he's defensive player of the year. So right. Well, he, and, the, and the one million actually, there's also more caveats to it. It's not just one million being a first teamer. The Chiefs mm-hmm. also have to make it to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't wow. see that part. And then of the it. two million if he wins defensive player of the year. Uh-huh. The Chiefs have to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> so it's like, okay. it, 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 wow. you know, it's it's kind of tough. Like I'm not saying it's that like he, parlaying your bet, right? Right. right. It, that definitely. I mean, not to say the Chiefs. Obviously, they're you know Super Bowl favorites almost every year. It seems like so it's definitely achievable or not out of the realm of possibilities. Just seems like, well, a big ask. You yeah. know, I, I think the individual stuff. Obviously, he can he can accomplish or do you know his, on mm-hmm. his own. Uh, but you know that's that's putting. A lot he, of, he'd be the best defensive player in the league, but if, if, if something else stinks out right, there, yeah. it's not his fault. Right, yeah, Patrick right. Mahomes goes down or, right, you know, right. something crazy happens for the Chiefs and they don't – yeah, don't win the Super Bowl, then, yeah, he just lost, you know, $2 million. But, you know, I guess that is a bet he was willing to take. And, right. You know, yeah. bet, betting on himself and betting on the team to, you know, really, really play you know, well. And with some of those incentives, by not playing that first game, he's kind of put himself in the hole a little <laughs> right, bit too, right, you yeah. know, with the – Sack sacks, numbers yeah. that they want him to have, right. and, and he did have a, and, and a a sack and a half to start out in in game two that he was able to play. So he's already got you know sack and a half. So you know, obviously, yeah, missing a game always always hurts. So definitely got you know got some room to make to make up. So right. and, and because he wasn't uh, on on the uh, franchise tag, mm-hmm. his holdout time right. cost him about a million dollars. That's right. why his guarantee is only 18.4 of his original $19.5 million deal mm-hmm. because of that holdout, that that's that holdout money in yeah. there causing that difference. Right. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, we're going to pay the bills here real quick. We're going to take a quick pause for a commercial and we'll be right back with some college football stuff. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, Get into some college football stuff, go through our five games from last week. You know, we all agreed on all our picks last week, so we all did equally bad last (laughs) week. Went two and three, you know, and the first one right off the bat that we missed was the Kansas State-Missouri game. Um, You know, this was a close game, like Colton alluded to in the the opening segment there. Uh, 61-yard field goal with zeros on the clock to win it for Missouri. And What a weapon to have. Yeah, you you know, and it it shouldn't have been that far. They, They called a timeout. Lost track of time, had a delay of game penalty on a timeout. Right, it was going to be like a fifty-six yarder. Yeah. Which still is a heck of a yeah. kick for a college right. kicker. Yeah. But and they they still trot him out there, and he he nails it from sixty-one right. yards. So. And he probably could have nailed it from sixty-five. I mean, that right. thing had some he, distance on it. Oh, yeah, what a you know. And if you look at everything else in the, in this game, the stats are like almost identical right. between these two teams. Right. It just you know came down to having a kicker with a big leg right. at the end to, to get. Right to get Missouri the win over Kansas State. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I talked about it last week on the on the show. For Missouri to be in this game, you know, last year in, in this game where Kansas State blew out Missouri, you know, it was, it was on quarterback Brady Cook, who, I like I said, had five turnovers, I think, by himself. This this game, zero turnovers. He mm-hmm. looked, looked good, threw for 350 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles, nothing like that. So he played, you know, well enough for them to, you know, Manage manage the game. Played you know played well to well enough to to do what they needed to do on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, I I think it comes down to you know Kansas State several times just kind of you know had some some short third downs that they weren't able to convert. They did. Gave the yeah, ball back to did. Missouri and you know just just kept Missouri in the game by not right. picking up those kind of crucial third downs late late in the game mm-hmm. and just yeah let let Missouri kind of have some opportunities there uh, because you know if you look at it Kansas State kind of. I don't know. Was in control of this game most most of the most of the game, but you know, because I think they rushed out to like a fourteen nothing lead before mm-hmm. Missouri even got you know got on the board. Um, so it just uh, yeah, too many too many opportunities right. to let Missouri come back in this one, and and, and then just two penalties as well. Kansas yeah. State had seven for sixty five. I think Missouri had like four for 
30 or so. I yeah, mean, so, right. I mean, you know, there, there's 30 yards of field yeah. position right there. And then right. Kansas State threw the one interception. That's a big turnover right. Absolutely. In, in a game this close, right. a game of inches. All, all it takes. That, that yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. The next one, uh, one, one, excuse me, we got right North Carolina, uh, beat Minnesota big 31 yeah. to 31 13. to 13. And, you know, I, Looking at this Golden Gophers team, you know, for one, in this game, they traded field goals for touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work out for you, obviously. Yeah. I, I can do simple math. But, uh, you know, the passing game for Minnesota was just awful. Mm -hmm. uh, 11 of 30 yeah. for 4.4 yards a pass yeah. and two picks. I mean, yeah, you, you got to get better play out of your quarterback. Right. Yeah, definitely, that. definitely a difference in, yeah. you know, uh, level of QB, or, oh, you know, yeah. Drake May. Obviously, we're right. talking about him being one of the you know the top top mm -hmm. you know QB in college, but maybe even one of the top QBs in next year's NFL draft class. Right. Uh, you know, throws for 400 yards. You know, on the flip side, Minnesota's QB throws for 133. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, obviously Minnesota came into this game undefeated. Their defense was you know ranked top 10 in a lot of you know top 10, top five in a lot of categories. Maybe the schedule played into that favor a right, little bit. Right. Say, they what, had, what do you take from playing the right. Sisters of the Four the first right. three weeks? They didn't you know? uh, hadn't seen a quarterback like Drake May, right. you know, and obviously yeah. they they did, and he hurt them bad. Uh, but to me, a, a big difference in this one was was third down. UNC converted twelve of seventeen third downs, while Minnesota only converted three of twelve on third down. So mm -hmm. defense couldn't get UNC off the field and. The offense couldn't keep you know the Gophers in the game by you know picking up some third downs. So after watching this, is, is Minnesota going to be able to compete in the Big Ten this year? Are they going to be uh, one of those mid-tier teams? Or? I, I think the defense will still be good to keep them in some games. Yeah. I'm still worried they that the offense, score points, yeah, offense yeah. won't be able to score points. But in the in what are, are they in the East or in the West? I think they're, I in, the they're in the West. Yeah, yeah. So in the West, it's anybody's you know, game. Anybody's game. So I mean, yeah, if they can you know keep that defense and you know generate enough points to get some wins they, they could be competitive at least right. in the west division um but yeah nice next year we're doing away with divisions <laughs> right, all together right right, right. Um, two or in a play but yeah, I, I just don't i just work. i don't it's see gonna be, uh yeah i don't see that they're going to be able to score enough points right. to, to to be competitive against some of the top tier you know big mm -hmm. 10 teams like ohio state and michigan right. so yeah all right uh, on to another big 10 school uh washington Totally blew out oh, Michigan State, and wow. I kind of predicted this. Yeah, right, yeah. I didn't think with all the turmoil. I mean, I'm sure you've heard and seen what's going on up there, and we're not going to get into any of that. But uh, you know, Michigan State scored a garbage touchdown late in the fourth quarter. They'd right. got shut. They would have been shut out completely. Right. Washington rolled up 713 yards of offense. Yeah, yeah. For Michael grief. Penix Jr. 473 yards passing, four touchdowns. Yeah. He, he's making the. Big Ten in Indiana wish he never left town. Yeah, that's well, you for know, sure. In, in Michigan State, also 11 penalties and a turnover, yeah. uh, which they both had 11 penalties and a turnover. But when you let a team roll up 713 yards yeah. of offense, not I much you're going to do. Yeah, it's, right. it's interesting they roll up that many. You know, you talk about the 11 penalties, but they also went three of 10 on third down. So, you know, Michigan they were State doing, was, they was were able to. They were all on first, and so they didn't right. have to go to yeah. too many third downs. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I'd just, be interested to see what that 713 yards against a Michigan State team most, is historically. Most uh, yardage they've I given I wondered up. about that myself. Yeah, it's so gotta be. I got yeah. the I got the stat. It's the most yardage that they've given up since 1995 where right. they gave up. 666 yards to Nebraska. So I, I can imagine. I mean, these guys are wow. known for their defense right, and right. hard nose. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you talk about Michael Penix. This man has Spartans' number. Uh, you know, when he was at Indiana, you know, the two games he's been at Washington that they've played Michigan State, this guy's completed about 62% of his passes, thrown for almost 1,500 yards, Woo. 13 touchdowns, and only two picks nice. in four games against, against Sparty. So, Whatever they do, they got they got you know Michigan State's number. Yeah, At least Michael yeah. Penix has as their number. So you know, hats off to him. He's you know looking good for this Washington team, and yeah. you know looking like a you know again a, a front runner or you know a guy in the conversation. Yeah, in this conference, that's about to close its doors. <laughs> right. These teams are looking right. like the best in the country this right. year. Yeah. Well, they're making their bid or right. whatever. Right. Uh, last, or the fourth one on the slate. What you know, a game we all missed was uh, Tennessee and Florida. You know, and it really wasn't even. Close. No, 29 to 16. And, you know, that that big um, second quarter for Florida where they mm -hmm. scored three touchdowns in the second mm -hmm. quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, that was kind of the turning point of the game. And I think for Tennessee, they only had one turnover. 
that goes in the turnover column, right. but they went over, over three, three on four yep. fourth down conversions. Yep. So yep. you know, you you use the logic there that they actually had four, four turnovers. turnovers in yep. this game. So right. yeah, you know, and that that just I, I was surprised, you know, and then there was some guys that got ejected <laughs> some, and some some, some extra suspensions after, yeah, the, after the that, game that you don't like to see, right. but uh, you know, some bad blood between those two teams that you know right. you don't you hate to see. Just you know, let, let your play do the talk, and right. you don't you don't need that extra stuff going on. But right, guys actually throwing punches and <laughs> they were ready to square up. I saw yeah, a couple guys that yeah, yeah they were ready to ha- hop in the boxing ring or whatever. But uh, just nonsense. you know, hats off to you know Florida, big signature win for Billy Napier in his mm-hmm. second year as the as the head coach at Florida. I mean, this was a guy last year that lost to Tennessee, lost to LSU, lost to Georgia, mm-hmm. lost to Florida State. Apparently, that's the first time a Florida head coach has ever lost to those four teams all in the same season. Right. So, you know, obviously was on the wrong side of history in there, but was able to correct it so far this year to get a win against, you know, Tennessee. You know, granted, was was at home for this one. Right. Tennessee is, has, has lost 10 straight in this series when they have to go on the road to Gainesville. So, but they, as bad as lopsided as that score looked, it wasn't that convincing. No, it wasn't. It wasn't other than that right. second quarter, right. this yeah. game was tight and, right. and Tennessee yeah. Tech really would have won. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's Just, not a convincing win. He's still it, got a lot took, of work to do. It took Tennessee games. a little while to get woke up. It seemed like, or, you know, to try to, you know, at that point where they decided to start playing football, it was already somewhat too late. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it just yeah, it took a little while for that Tennessee team to really, yeah, just kind of, get motivated to play it seemed like and but uh yeah that big second quarter really was was the difference for florida mm-hmm. but they still have some have some work to do if they want to stay competitive in right. the sec mm-hmm. right. last one that we all missed again uh byu wound up pulling it out against arkansas 38 to 31 and i'm still trying to figure out how right yeah. <laughs> they only had 281 yards <laughs> yeah. of offense yeah. so arkansas is 424 the only thing i can attribute it to is uh, undisciplined play from Arkansas, 14 yeah. penalties for 125 yards. Yeah. That's and, almost more yardage than BYU's total offense. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, <laughs> and on uh, conversions on third and fourth down, they were only three of 15. Right. Yeah, so they, just, they had the one turnover on downs, two turnovers right. otherwise, so yeah, three turnovers just, for the game. That's, yeah, just uh, – And I mean, those two fumbles, I think, came in the fourth quarter when it was, you know, kind of a back and forth, you know, kind of battle in Arkansas, you know, shot themselves in the foot by right. giving the ball back to a, a team in BYU that wasn't amassing a lot of yards, but you give them short fields, mm-hmm. you know, anything, anything can happen. So, um, you know, this, this BYU team, yeah, they're, they got the SEC's number. It don't matter if they go on the road at home, whatever, you know, they're three and one in their last four games against nice. SEC opponents. So, you know, they, they know what to do or how to beat these, you know, SEC teams. You know, I really, you know, I really thought Arkansas was going to pull this I one out, too. but uh, really did. you know BYU, you know, did did just enough to, yeah. to to pull out a win. Well, let's let's uh, let's have short memory. Move on. <laughs> see Hopefully, we, you do better this week. See if we can get right this week. I, I don't Colton's, know. Colton's thrown in an extra game for us this week. We got six <laughs> games that we're going to do for you. So hopefully, we can we can do better. Can first one, ship, but yeah, first one look good. <laughs> uh, yeah, first one uh, two three and O teams in Colorado, ranked nineteenth in the country coming in. Uh, to Oregon against the Ducks, uh, um, who are a 21-point favor. I was a little surprised the spread was that big. But when you start looking at, you know, I think overall um, the quarter, you know, obviously Sanders is setting the world on fire mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Through three games, he's 107 for 136, 1,251 yards, yeah. 10 TDs and one pick. Um, you know, but Bo Nix, you know, a, a veteran quarterback right. up there in Oregon too. His stats he, aren't that that much worse, to be honest. That, not, yeah. You know, not the yardage, but you know, eight TDs and no picks. Uh-huh. I think the difference for me in this game is Colorado's defense mm, just yeah. giving up too yeah. many yards. Um, you know, they're they're gaining four hundred seventy. They're you know getting four hundred, but they're giving up four hundred and sixty. Yeah. Um, you know, and and. Uh, the Ducks are rolling up 587 yards and only allowing two, you know, 300 yards less than what they're gaining. So, mm-hmm. to me, I think you know that that's the spread. I, I don't know if I don't know if Oregon covers that 21 points, right. um, but uh, I, I do look for Oregon to win this game. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I think that Colorado defense they're just, they're just giving up points yep. to everybody. It doesn't and matter one of who the best playing. players. You know, right. the defense losing players. Travis Hunter, and also he's one of their best offensive yeah. players as right. well. Right. So I, you know I, I think that is going to hurt their chances 
you know, largely there. I, I do think this is closer than the 21 point game, yeah, though. I, I think Colorado covers the spread, but Oregon gets the W. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to agree. I think I, I don't think there's any question that this Colorado offense can hang with this Oregon, you know, high powered Oregon offense. Uh, you know, I don't think that there's any question that it, it, yeah, it does come down to the to the defenses. I mean, even with this high powered offense that Colorado has, uh, this this is a team that ranks towards the bottom. There's only five teams you know, below them that have given up more sacks than, mm. than Colorado. So it, it's impressive that they've even put up the numbers that they have right. with an offensive line that, yeah, gives up as many sacks as they've given up, you know, and, and um, you know, Colorado's defense, it seems like they're, you know, built around making the big play. They kind of fly around the field and, you know, make, create havoc and uh, get a lot of turnovers. I mean, they have 10 turnovers already through, through uh, three games uh, through the season, but it's an Oregon offense that has zero turnovers throughout, you know, the, mm-hmm. the three games that they have played. Yeah. So I just think Oregon is, is a different animal on offense mm-hmm. in the sense that they take care of the ball. Yeah. Uh, this defense, again, for Colorado to, to, to really thrive on defense, they, they really play off or feed off of those turnovers. I don't see Oregon giving away the ball too right. many times for, for Colorado to get extra opportunities to, to put up more points. I, I don't – yeah, there's no question Colorado can hang from an offensive standpoint, but I just think all around Oregon's the, the, the more complete team. Yeah, so. this definitely isn't going to be a methodical ball control football mm-hmm. game. Though. No, there's no. going to be a lot of points put right, up in this football right. game. Yeah. All right, on to number 22 UCLA coming in at 3-0 three and, three and oh against uh, 11th-ranked Utah at 3-0. and oh. The Utes are a six-point favorite at home. Uh, you know, that, that – UCLA's outgaining them by almost, I think, about 180 yards a game. But you got to look at who UCLA's played. They played North Carolina Central, which I thought was a high school team, <laughs> um, San Diego State, and Coastal Carolina. I think I think Utah's played better competition than Baylor and Florida so far this season. Um, both defenses are giving up about 270 yards a game, but. Utah is only given 10 points a game, mm-hmm. uh, only giving up 10 points a game. So, uh, you know, favored favored by six points at home. I like Utah, and I like Utah to cover. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be going to be interesting. I mean, we could finally see for the first time Cam Rising mm-hmm. come back for Utah in this game. You know, it's been out the first three games. So, if he comes back, I think that really – I like Utah even without Rising. I think it will be a close game if he's not, you know, able to go. But – if he is able to go and finally play, I think this sets Utah apart from, from UCLA. Um, you know, this, this is a team that averages holding the ball about 35 minutes a game. So for UCLA, there's not going to be a lot of opportunity. So you're definitely going to have to make the most of what you, what you get. Mm-hmm. I, I just, UCLA turns the ball. They've turned, even against those, you know, smaller, lesser opponents, they've turned mm-hmm. the ball over a, a, a handful of times. Uh, Utah's, a, a, again, a team that, Kills the clock, runs the clock out, doesn't turn the ball over, plays real sound football. Could be a, a, a low scoring affair, uh, but I, I like Utah in, in those kind of, you know, grinded out games. Well, I guess we're going to have our first bout of dissension this right. week. Right. I, I got yeah, UCLA, good. and I, I think Cam Rising coming back is a big reason why I'm going okay. leaning UCLA. The guy's been out with injury, hasn't really practiced, hasn't played. I think he's going to come in a little rusty. Okay. It, it, you know, he. He, he's an okay passer. He's not the he's not set the world on fire kind of passer. So I think not having that off season to practice and get consistent with his receivers, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of rust here. And I, I think that's where UCLA is going to have the advantage. They're outscoring Utah 40 points to 25 points a game this season. So if, if Utah slows down any with Cam Rising coming in, I, I think Utah or UCLA's just got too much offensive firepower. Mm. I, I know Utah's got a good defense. I think it's going to be close. But I think Utah or UCLA gets the W. Oh, nice. Your upset right. special. Yeah. Well, my upset special is this next game, number 14, Oregon State, going into Washington State. Both teams 3-0, and ranked 14th and 21st in the country. And I'm going to tell you why. I like Cameron Ward, the quarterback from Washington State so far. Nine TDs, zero picks, 400 yards passing a game. I like I like Washington. My upset special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I got to agree with you. I like <laughs> I like the Cougars there as well. Um, you know, this is this gonna be a game. You know, comes down to quarterback play. Obviously, Oregon State gets the transfer from Clemson and, and DJ Uyangale. Um, you know, off to a off to a great start for for Oregon State. But yeah, the the right. guy in Cameron Ward 
second year now with Washington State, familiar again with the system, looks more, you know, looks comfortable, completing about 72% of his passes, um, you know, th- thrown for almost 1,000 yards already through three games. Um, you know, it's a battle of the Pac-2, if you will, <laughs> right. because these are the, these <laughs> are the, these are the two the teams left. Yeah, yeah, so it, it, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, who can come out in this one, you know. And, and, do, do they call themselves the champions after this game? Right, right. <laughs> um, so it, it will be, you know, this will be yeah a, a great game between these two teams you know obviously Oregon State only getting you know getting three points in this mm-hmm. one um but I think going you know, on the road I, right yeah. Washington State's already got a signature win against Wisconsin mm-hmm. earlier in the in the year yep. uh, I like Washington State to, to get it done at, at home and you know pull off the upset here yeah you know I'm looking at this game and something's gonna have to give Washington State they're scoring 48 points a game but Oregon State's only given up 11 a game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think, though, Washington State's offense is just going to be too much for this Oregon State team. Washington State's played a better schedule, had, yeah. had tougher opponents mm-hmm. to this point. They're more battle-tested. There's going to be enough here to win. Washington State's going to beat Oregon State, and that three-point spread's going to not going to matter. Not going to matter. Right. Yeah, right. Well, Matt's picking two upsets so far right, this right. week. Yeah. We're going to skip this next game. We'll save it for last. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to number 24, Iowa. Uh Coming in at three and zero, going into you know Happy Valley, Penn State, ranked seventh in the country, also three and zero, fifteen point spread in this game. Um, are you are you surprised? That's not enough. <laughs> really? I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I mean I don't know. It it could be just enough. I think in my in my you know Iowa has gotten better on the offensive side of the mm-hmm. ball. You know they they found a QB in in you know the Cade Cade McNamara from Michigan, but it's still not an offense that's going to set the world on fire. Right. I think if Penn State can get out, which I think that they can get out to like a 14-point lead, I think that they got the game somewhat in hand. Mm-hmm. I think Iowa's got enough to maybe score a touchdown or to, you know sprinkle a touchdown or two in here, but I, I still don't think that they have enough firepower on the Iowa you know side of the ball. I, I think probably 15 points is you know right around where right. it needs to be. I like I like Penn State to to win this game. Um, also at the same time, Iowa's defense feeds off of lots of turnovers, but this Penn state team hasn't turned the ball over at all Mm -hmm. this, this year they're playing at home night game. I I like Penn state to get the win and, and, and win by that, you know, couple touchdown. Right. Well, like you said, I, I mean, I've already said Penn state, that's not enough. So I I, Penn state wins this thing and I think wins it easily. They're statistically better in every phase of the game. They're scoring 43.7 points a game to Iowa's 28.3. And they're only giving up 11.67 points a game. I was giving up 12.33. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you look at that, and I mean, I just, Penn State's got way too much firepower for Iowa. Iowa's done good against some of the, they're not good opponents, right. but right. Penn State's shown out against mm-hmm. their not good opponents. Yeah, I, they're just, they're they're that much better. I, I think I, this I is more than a 14 point game. I say, Matt, you know, Drew Aller, the sophomore to me, is outshining the, the fifth year senior McNamara mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Uh, Four touchdowns, zero picks. For yep. McNamara's four touchdowns and three picks. Yeah, you, you don't want to turn the ball over against Penn State mm-hmm. like that. You got to do a better job. Their point differential. Um, they've only scored eighty-five points to thirty-seven in their three wins. Where Penn State's scored one hundred and thirty-one against thirty-five points mm-hmm. that they've given up. And I agree with you guys. The, the quarterback play, Drew Aller. It looks like the real deal. Yeah, so it does. looks like Penn State's found their quarterback for you know, to carry them through some good seasons here. And I like Penn State. And I, I think 15, I'm guessing it might, it might even be a little wider than yeah. that. But right, uh, right. I like Penn State to win this game. Yeah. All right, the last game. Now we got, now we got Old Miss Alabama as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'll let you, you guys go ahead and get started with that. Yeah, so we got, uh, you know, number 15, Old Miss, 3-0 and on the on the slate going against number 13, Alabama's, you know, 2-1 and already got a loss on the season, which, you know, we're not used to seeing against, right. you know, an Alabama team already taking an early loss, you know, a 3-30 game over on CBS, but. Hey, even with that loss, Vegas still likes Alabama in this one by a, by a touchdown in this one. Um, just because they're at home, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, you know? I don't. That even to me seems quite a bit. Yeah, even you, being you, at home, usually home, you get about on three, a balanced contest. You get, you get three, about three yeah. points. So just for you know, he, uh, Saban said, you know, Milrose, my quarterback. Right. The dude's been shaky. Yeah. Uh, and, but I mean, at this point, I don't what think else he do has. They have? Yeah, because yeah. they tried the QB switch last week mm-hmm. against far less opponent in USF who I think has only won a handful of games in the past couple of seasons. 
and they barely squeaked out a win against them. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they were looking ahead, but the whole QB switch thing didn't go so well. He had to wind up pulling that QB, put Milrow back in the game uh, because, yeah, the, the backup QB or QB number two, if you will, only completed about 40% of his passes, had to put Milrow back in the game. They were able to obviously, you know, squeak out, a, out, squeak it out. But, yeah, Alabama, you know, again, when was the last time we were talking about an Alabama team that didn't have a QB? Right. You know, they, they've had so many runs. Heisman Trophy candidate right. and setting the world on fire. Right. Um, so, yeah, Alabama's in, in real trouble in this game, fellas. Uh, you know, even at home. You know, Ole Miss is coming into this game. Their their offense is clicking. You know, on you know hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. I got another upset here. I, I like I like Ole Miss to wow. get this win on the road. Uh, you know, Lane Kiffin gets his first win against Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did, I just think Alabama has too many question marks. You know, on the on, on an important position on right. that offensive side. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Ole Miss gets a, gets an upset. I so I that's my third upset of the week <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, so sink yeah, or I mean, swim here. But yeah, but you know what they say? If you, you got Alabama's got that quarterback controversy, and right. if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. Right. right. So you know that's things aren't aren't going in Alabama's direction at the most important spot on the football field. Right. Now Alabama's defense is good enough to keep them in this game. Yeah. This game will be close. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But Old Miss Old Miss will pull out a close one. Yeah. I'll make it three for three. Right. Uh, I like Old Miss in this game right. as well. For you know, and again, I think it it boils down to this is uncharted territory kind of for Alabama mm-hmm. not having that signature right. offensive threat in their quarterback. Yeah, so. and I think in in prior years, even when they haven't had maybe a top tier QB, they've been able to kind of mask that with great wide receivers or a great running game. But they don't even to me the offense they don't have a superstar that they can even lean on to really mask some of those woes that they have on offense. They don't have the top level wide receivers to to throw the ball to. They don't have a Derrick Henry back there to hand the ball off to. So, you know, they, 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 yeah, just have a, a, in my opinion, a mediocre offense. So that makes it that much worse having a non elite level QB as well. So it, it, yeah, they got some real, again, like you said, uncharted territory for Nick Saban, but I guess if there's one person that can figure it out or try to, you know, right the ship, it, you know, no better person in the business than Nick Saban. Right. But I just don't, I just, I think they got more questions than answers right now. And it's tough to make those adjustments on the fly. In, in the seat, you know, while the season's going team. on. Yeah. Against a, you know, a ranked opponent. So I think Old Miss, Old Miss gets it done. Yeah, man. When's the last time we've heard of a two and two Alabama, right, a 500 Alabama Whoa. team what? this, this early in the seat, you know, yeah, early yeah. in the season. So, yeah, I agree. All right, well, you know, the big matchup, I think, is uh, the, the game in South Bend on Saturday night, number six, OSU going into enemy territory <laughs> against number nine, Notre Dame. Uh, OSU 3-0, and Notre Dame actually 4-0. Um, you know, this is this is a game that uh, is going to kind of – I think going to see Ohio State where they're at. You know, right. I think I think um, Ryan Day trying to eliminate the co- the quarterback controversy mm-hmm. by saying, you know, McCord's my guy. Um, I'm find out. Right I'm here. not convinced. Right. We'll see. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll see going in. You know, and they're they're past the rush. They they're two to one ratio for the Buckeyes. Double the yards passing that they have for rushing. I would like to see a little more balanced mm-hmm. attack out of that team. Um, especially going going into a, a, a team against like Notre Dame at home where you want to maybe control that ball a little right. bit more, have those long, sustained drives. You know, obviously Ohio State has some weapons on that offensive side, um, and, and their defense has played real mm-hmm. well so far this year too, kept mm-hmm. them in games. And, you know, they finally showed up. Their offense finally showed up last game. Um, you know, maybe was a little bit more what the Buckeye fans were looking for. Um, you know, this is this is a three point spread for OSU, but man, I, I don't know. This is this is a game for me that's that's so tight. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm hesitant to make a prediction, but Matt, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go with the Irish. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the difference, um, the quarterback play yeah. has been solid for Notre Dame playing right. at home at night. The place is gonna be rocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I just I just like the way Notre Dame has been been controlling the offense mm-hmm. you know they're about even about about you know very balanced attack 
Right. And uh, I got I got to pick Notre Dame in my third upset special of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta gotta agree with you. I hate to hate to pick against Ryan Day in a in a you know it seems like he always you know finds a way to get it done in a big in a big game. But for me, it does. The, the key in this one is is the QB difference. Uh, you know, I I think McCord has the ability to play to play well. He's shown flashes he's that he can. Green, he's think. just. This is his big moment. This is, you know, his opportunity to shine, to make me look like a fool, I guess. Um, because, you know, on the other side, you got Sam Hartman, who's, you know, lighting the world on fire. A guy that's been in, been in a program, not Notre Dame's program for four or five, six years or whatever, but a veteran guy that's been around, you know, college football for a long time, going against a guy that up until this point had, you know, never started a game, you know, until this season. So, mm-hmm. It's a big, big moment. You know, I think it would be we're if we were playing this game in Columbus, I think I'd be saying the other way. I think so, too. You're, you're going on the road to Notre Dame, going up against a veteran QB, a, a Notre Dame defense that can you know keep them in the ball game. Now, I'm not saying Notre Dame's blowing the doors off because I think Ohio State's corrected their defensive woes from last year. Their defensive line is looking mm-hmm. pretty, pretty stout. I think that they can create some havoc. I don't think Notre Dame runs away with this game. I just think in crucial moments in this tight game, you want a guy like leadership. like Hartman that, that that's been in those kind of moments. I, I think Hartman is the difference in this one. I think Notre Dame comes out in an oh so close ball game, but you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if if Ohio State you know comes out comes out on top. I think that mm-hmm. they have with those big play receivers. Mm-hmm. Definitely, McCord has the ability to lean on them in this big game that. You know, not a lot of guys get that opportunity that they they have. got the athletes where you can throw those slants mm-hmm. and turn into big plays. Absolutely, get, you know those guys in the open field, and you know they can make. You get the ball in their hands, those big mm-hmm. play receivers, they can make plays. Oh and yeah, keep you in yeah, the game. that definitely will help. Get, I think if Ohio State can get McCord into the game, don't yeah. try to force him to make him do stuff that he's not built to do. Get him some easy throws, some quick throws early on in the game, get his confidence going. I think that'll be a big thing for Ohio State to kind of get get themselves into this game if they want to stay stay competitive. Right. Well, I know you're both probably thinking I'm not going to make a pick here because I typically don't on Buckeye games, right. but I can't pass on this eye test. Okay. I, I've seen too much of both these teams this year. Right. And Notre Dame through four games this year, they've looked great. They're scoring on average 46 points per game. They're giving up just 12. Ohio State, on the other hand, against lesser opponents, they've struggled. They, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they put up 40 points, but right. Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, right. Indiana, yeah, not the best in the world. Definitely uh, not and, on the Notre Dame level. And just inconsistent. And, yeah, it's McCord's first season. I'm less worried about him than I am the Swiss cheese of an offensive line. Okay. He's going to be running for his life back there against yeah. this Notre Dame defense. Yeah. And, and they've not been good uh, opening up holes for the running backs either, I yeah. don't think. But I think with both of these defenses, th- this game isn't going to be a high-scoring affair. Oh, yeah. This is going to be yeah. a low-scoring game. Yeah. But, but like I said, with that offensive line and McCord both being a little shaky, yeah. I, I got to give the edge to Notre Dame. Right. I, I'm, I'm anything but a Scarlet Glasses Buckeye right. fan. Right. I'll, I'll be honest. And right, yeah. I, yeah. I, I we like know Notre who Dame you better. want to win the game, yeah. but right. I appreciate your honesty yeah. here. Right. You yeah. know that, uh, you know, you're – you do see the, I guess, the kind of shortcomings of your team yeah, right. early in the season. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's it's not a game. You know, it's, it's a, a game against a big opponent, even with a loss for be, by either one of these teams. To the, and that's really my hope here. I hope this is the Virginia Tech moment mm-hmm. of the Buckeyes of 2014. Yeah. You, you know, you take that beating, it, it wakes you up, it brings right. that offensive line together. Right. You become a solid unit, and then you you tear the rest of the way through this yeah. thing. Yeah, that, that's my That's my real hope. Here. Yeah, this could be a gotcha. yeah, make-and-break moment for either one of these teams, yeah. you know, going forward. Obviously, big, big test for both teams. But with a loss, you're still not but out you're of not, it. But yeah, you're yeah. definitely yeah. not out of it um you know you got yeah more opportunities especially in the big 10 where there's you know a lot more ranked opponents left on the schedule and if this is more important for notre dame than the buckeyes because like you just said the buckeyes have michigan right they have penn state you know they've got plenty of ranked opponents Mm -hmm. to Bring them right back into sure, the thick of this thing. Right. Notre Dame schedule, not yeah, yeah, not quite so as tight after yeah, this. Yeah, so. yeah, you're right. That's a good point, Matt. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show for tonight. Uh, we, we thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, it's always fun for us. I hope it's I hope it's fun for you guys, too. Yeah, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cow. Chief Rob Cow. Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, 
feel free to hit us, hit us up on our different uh, social medias. We do have an Instagram um, if you look for fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you look for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to fired up one dot podbean.com where, you know, you can find a little bit of information about the show and some, you know, some, some past episodes on our website there. Um, and as always, you can find, you know, this episode and all of our past episodes on pretty much any, uh, podcast platform you can think of Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big players in the, in the podcast world, you can, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always stay stay fired fired up. up.